shitting on everything. Awkward. What? No, no. This is right. This is the way we're gonna. No, this isn't awkward. This is the media boat pod. <laughs> well, it's the media boat podcast universe of podcasts as we are continuing our Disney Ma- Mania tournament thing. No, that's right. That's what we're calling it. That's what it is. Disney Mania tournament. Disney Mania thing. tournament. The, uh, in the month of March. Yes. And we're crazy about brackets. And so we made films. one about Disney. So if you missed the first couple, um, it's a bracket of Disney films. Animated yes, uh, this Disney is films. Uh, still round one. Uh, this is our third seed, our third bracket over here. Yes. And we have our late, early, somewhere in between 60s and 90s films. So basically from 1970 to 1992 is what we're counting here. Yes. Which it sounds like a big group, but really isn't when you consider um, how, I don't know, maybe things declined in the 70s and 80s and kind of came back at the very, very end of the 80s, as you'll see on our list. Yes. We have movies representative of both pieces of this era, so it'll be interesting to do this this, this round. Yep. Uh, and returning judge... Is our good friend and peanut gallery, uh, and uh, laugh track. Oh, she lives here too. That too, she lives here, and our laugh <laughs> track. Yeah, I don't have much of a choice for being the peanut gallery. It's, yeah. it's really, yeah. Malia, welcome hi! back. Hi. She says hi. Well, well, I got that all right. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I, I, I apologize for those of you wearing headphones. Yeah, Mark this, totally but... failed at the get into the the microphone thing. We had to kind of turn it his direction. Even yeah. then, it still came out low. Yeah. I uh, I, my voice kind of carries. Yeah. It's always kind of carried. I'm more of a Charlotte, though, but... Carry. <laughs> I was going to make a pig's blood joke, but that's better. Okay. Anyways! <laughs> you win that round. I win that But one. will you win the rest of the rounds as we jump into our movie bouts? Yes. And just a uh, uh, review, in case you missed our first two episodes. Yes. This is, of course... Uh, continuing round one, where we have eight uh, movies to uh, battle up against, which means we're going through four rounds. Four battles. Uh, rules are as follows. You cannot concede or throw the match. Nope. I even can't if, just give up. Even if you want something into it, you still have to argue for the other half. Yes. Uh, rule number two. Winners determined by our judge, Malia. Malia. Rule number three, positions are determined by high card. Which we did. Which we already did. Uh, this is, of course, round one. We'll be limited to talking about the movie story and the message. So anything to do with the story that includes characters, plot, how the story is told, pacing, consistency, and, of course, the message, because Disney films have a heart. Some of them. Depending, of them. depending on the heart that you want to yes. give them. Uh, there will, be, of course, be a time limit. <laughs> Uh, limited yes. to 15 minutes, we'll have two minutes opening statements, two minutes arguments and rebuttal, two minute closing statements, and then any last remarks we want to give. Yeah. In case you want to clear up stuff or just correct. Which is a minute, give or take. Yeah, it's a minute, give or take, because uh, we should be done by that point and yeah. the winner should be determined. With that, let's get right into it with, uh, let's see here, we have Winnie the Pooh. Versus the fox and the hound. Ding, ding, ding. And since Matt won all four high cards, yet again. Yeah, I did. I'm good at that game. Somehow you're good at... 
Somehow you're good at pulling cards. Yeah, turns out. Take me to Vegas. <laughs> I mean, maybe I should. <laughs> I mean, pulling cards. This is, this is, for reference, the original Pooh Bear. Right, yes. The yes. Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. The film that is titled that, released 1977. Yes. It's not to be confused with the 2011 Winnie the Pooh, which we already had in this And already series. lost to Moana. And lost badly, may I add, to Moana. Yes. Uh, that was an unfair fight. But will Winnie the Pooh, <laughs> will Winnie the Pooh come back? Because this is a way more fair fight. Yes. I'd say this is probably the fairest fight on this list in this in this section here. So, in this section, I think so. Yeah. In my opinion, I think these two are the closest because they are also the closest in era. Yeah. This was when Disney was trying to uh, let's say rebound. Uh, yes, rebound so, post. And Disney before lost. the ultimate, yeah, before the ultimate comeback. So this was, when they were trying, they were, then the studio themselves didn't really believe in animation was defunding and moving them across the city until finally some guy named Michael Eisner was like, okay, well, let's just kill it. And then some guy named Jeffrey Katzenberg was like, wait, 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 no, let me run it and I'll fix everything. And the rest is history. And then he left to go to DreamWorks. <laughs> yeah, and then everybody knows how that worked out. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> Shrek. Hey, Shrek winning the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. There's a there's a couple of books that I can direct you to. If you want to know <laughs> more. Specifically Disney War. If you want to know more about this era of Disney, Disney War, uh, Chronicles 1984 to 2004, and the uh, CEO ship of Michael Eisner. And the men, the men who would be king picks up from where that left off with Jeffrey Katzenberg forming DreamWorks with Steven Spielberg and David Geffen, and it ultimately failing. So you can get both of those on Audible, which is actually yes. not sponsoring. Us. Hey, but if you but want to sponsor us, Audible, we're actually we should probably look into podcasts ads. Yes. But anyways, yes. anyways, yes, uh, both Disney War and Men Who Would Be Those are two are choice resources. I really enjoyed those books. If you like. Any like information about the background of what goes on in the movie studio, those two are key. I recommend, especially Disney War. Anyways, let's get to it. Yeah, let's get to it. We have a long uh, six-minute introduction here. So, so uh, as I won the card pulls, you get to go first in these rounds. Yes, so I get to go you first. Will start your argument. And we get start with two minutes on the clock, please. So two minutes on the clock, and you will start Arguments defending the mini I... adventures of Winnie the Pooh. An argument begins when I start uh, talking about it. Ooh. And burping. Uh, what was this thing again? <laughs> I know we saw we it today. We just watched it. I know we just watched it. Oh, it's the Friendship Edition. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, yeah so, the, the Robin Hood one's a weird edition, too. I don't know what, what yeah. one it is. but yeah. It's the King of Thieves one. King of Thieves. No, that's an Aladdin edition. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> um, okay. So, deep in the Hundred Acre Woods, where Christopher Robin plays, uh-huh. uh, lives uh, a bunch of stuffed <laughs> animals. <laughs> right. But most of all, Winnie the Pooh and his many adventures, thus the naming of the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, uh, which is, of course, a classic uh, book character by A.A. A. Milne, Milne, I think is how you say the name? I think it's just Milne. Milne? Okay. And by A.A. A. Milne, who wrote, wrote, wrote these uh, stories, uh, Pooh Bear, for his uh, young son, Christopher Robin Milne. Uh, yeah, anyways. Two minutes. I know, I know, yeah, two minutes. Anyways, <laughs> uh, The Adventure of Witches and Winnie the Pooh chronicles three different storylines. Um, one including uh, Pooh, our main title character, trying to get honey. Another one includes him trying to uh, end up being stuck in uh, his friend Rabbit's 
hole, and the other one is the most probably most famous one, the windy and blustery day, uh, where everything gets flying all over the place, and eventually a flood comes and floods uh, the hundred acre woods. Um, a lot of the story is, even though it does feel like shorts strewn together through a through a narrative, it does it does so in a very charming and very Disney kid friendly way, where you don't. Where there is no hard overbearing morals that it's trying to establish. That there is no, there is no like really main villain of of this of this series. It's just a bunch of uh, tail shorts uh, encompassed in a what's essentially uh, the moral obligation of being friendly to one another and being a, and your friendship with your friends. Time. <laughs> the end of that though. Uh, yeah, I saw your arm go up, and I panicked. <laughs> but, <laughs> but boy, am I glad that you mentioned friendship. Because The Fox and the Hound is probably the strongest tale of friendship that Disney has in its canon. The story Real itself stitch. is about oh, an unlikely sorry. friendship between, of course, a hunting dog and a fox. Two diametrically opposed in nature to fight each other or most likely the fox dying pretty much is the end of that um that doesn't happen in the fox and the hound due to the strength of lasting friendship friendship that even defies time itself as they meet young being near each other as neighbors the fox adopted by a kind old lady and the dog being trained to be a hunting hunting dog by the hunter they bond, they play with each other, it's totes and orbs. And then they become estranged. They grow up, they come back. Then they must face reality that they are of two very, very different worlds and they just can't be friends anymore because it threatens the fox life to coexist. But ultimately, after some trials, they come back around. The, fo the, the hound defends the fox's life from death because true friendship matters, and that's the message in The Fox and the Hound. There are some intense moments in this movie. It's not only, of course, the bear fight near the end, the constant dread that the fox is in of losing its life from these hunters, but there's also some fun moments. There's also some, some the, the moments with the... With the um, the birds chasing the caterpillar. Just cute little funny filler. Then you have the bits with the uh, the with the dog, old dog, learning uh, to, to trying to teach the Time. the younger dog tricks. It's it's fine. A nice time. So two minute argument. Okay. Uh, so which of course makes it the polar opposite of your movie. Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is, like you said, three stories. Thus, it has no one through line. It has no character arcs. It has basically no reason to care about what's going on. It's cute kid stuff. It's basically, let's entertain your kids for an hour and change. Something to put on the TV in daycare. <laughs> like you said, it has no, no villain. It has no real moral. It just kind of exists as window dressing, which I mean is fine. 
But when you compare it, of course, to something with a narrative, like The Fox and the Hound, it really can't compete in a storytelling way. Also, it off- Fox and the Hound offers something for the adults, too. It's serious. There's some real action moments in this thing. There are some things that are potentially pretty scary, which, but enough to keep the kids um, entertained, but also to keep the, the parents on the edge of their seats, too. Whereas Winnie the Pooh, I feel like a lot of parents have probably just tuned out that entire thing and left their kids on the floor watching it because there's not anything for them. Maybe some of the jokes and maybe the, of course, the heffalumps and woozles part is probably deeped <laughs> in parents' nightmares. But other than that, it's not really the same kind of thing. It's, a ve- it's very much for kids. Whereas the Fox and the Hound, I think, is multi-generational. I think it was Disney coming back, coming back to, back to a serious way of storytelling after kind of the more frivolous ones, including one we'll mention later in this recording. Um, and I think it's an interesting kind of experiment, narratively, where they tried something a little more dark. Um, but it, especially, it's it's in comparison in comparison to Winnie the Pooh, it's a stark difference. Fine stark difference because it is in fact darker so dark in fact that <laughs> the, the kid loses its mother in the first two minutes of that film <laughs> you hear the gunshot and instant reminders of Bambi come back and Bambi losing his mom and so does Todd having to be raised in foster care not only that but you scar Todd and children alike when you show the skins hanging in the hunter's trophy room essentially also, freaking teeth are everywhere in that movie. Yeah, teeth in the dogs, teeth in the wolf, teeth in the bears, teeth in humans. There's so much teeth and grit <laughs> in hey that that old man, old cogger of a man. Even the badger, badger shows teeth too. Thank you for reminding me. That that everyone is just angry at each other. Everyone are surrounding uh, Todd and Copper in that movie. Are, the fox and the hound are angry. And yes, I will give you that it is friendship uh, incarnate at a young age. But as as that movie even implies, friends even do become bitter enemies when push comes to shove. Where Wherein you have Copper in a very brutal chasing, chasing down um, Top. And then... He himself exacting revenge for for injuring um, the the older dog um, after falling off from a train, got hit by a freaking train and fell down a ravine. Try try making your kids watch that ten times and see how they feel about trains <laughs> after that. All right. Whereas Winnie the Pooh does so well without a villain, but yet it still tells a story, still tells the narrative of. Of Winnie the Pooh's quest for honey. Time. I, I got run out of time there. Uh, one, Winnie the Pooh's quest for honey would be a freaking awesome movie. I want to see that. Also, I think that's more adequ- a- accurately descriptive of the 2011 Winnie the Pooh than it is of Mini Avengers. But I'll let that slide. Um, in defense here, I guess my closing comparison here is just to reiterate 
that they're very much two different things. I think what you're talking about, about the scary moments, I think, are pluses in, in uh, Fox and the Hound's favor. I think that, yes, it is kind of intense, but it's intense that Disney had only kind of played with before. There are scary moments in the Disney canon, going back to even Snow White, definitely. But I think Fox and the Hound's tone is a, ba- a, a, a balance of that, saying like, no, the parent, there's something here for the parents. There's a real narrative that you can dig, dig into. And yes, friends do kind of end up coming to push and shove at some point in that movie. But ultimately, the thing that saves their friendship, that saves the characters in this movie, is the friendship itself manifesting in their older selves. Where finally, the 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 hound, Copper, uh, realizes that no, this this fox is important to him. That their friendship is stronger than this breeding that he's been subject to. And he was he's able to save the fox's life. And, and that, that movie has a surprisingly happy ending for as dark as it gets. Everybody ends up pretty happy. Except, of course, for the, the, the hunter guy, but hey, he deserved his comeuppance. I think that overall, it's a more enjoyable ride. It goes some places. It's a roller coaster of emotions, to borrow a term that we used for The Lion King on the last recording. Um, I think that it, it, it has more of that Disney feeling, and it works across multiple generations as opposed to Winnie the Pooh oh, sorry the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh which is yes a classic but it's a classic in a very different way time yeah it's, cl- it's a classic because it can be enjoyed by all ages okay parents have favorite characters from Winnie the Pooh because they grew up with Winnie- stories of Winnie the Pooh uh, and they're showing it with to their kids I mean friendship is the central theme of Winnie the Pooh you're talking about friendship and Fox and the Hound Pooh Bear is friends with a depressed, depressed, uh, constantly depressed person of Eeyore, with the overly bearing smartness of Owl, with the overly complicated personality of Rabbit, yet he's friends with all these people and is a central focal point in bringing everyone together. He's even friends with Piglet, who could easily ravage and is scared of everything. <laughs> yes, I ravaged probably that's the right word there. That's bad word choice. <laughs> it wasn't mine. But... But he's friends with all of these people, and through friendship, they're able to overcome everything, including the Heffel and some woozles, including the windy, blistery, the windy, blistery, blistery days, including the flood, including finding Eeyore's tail. And at the end of it all, when Christopher Robin goes back to school, it is friendship that keeps these, these stuffed animals together, living and playing and enjoying life in the Hundred Acre Woods. Period. Bow on it. Give me the win. Are you done? I think so, yes. Oh, okay. Well, you had half a minute left, so I wanted to make sure. Yeah. Uh, do you have any rebuttal for, Matt, for Matt, that? Matt, any last I have to go. Um, <laughs> yeah, one minute. Yeah, you got one. <laughs> I think that was probably the most exaggerated version of the story, story of many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I think clearly the clear winner here is the one with the narrative. One has one, one doesn't. Um, I think just overall, they're very two, two very, very different movies. But if you're going to a movie, um, you likely want a experience. And I think Fox and the Hound is the, pe- is the total package. It's an emotional story that's being told with a message that matters. 
And I think that that goes beyond just something for kids to pop on during preschool. That's my statement. Okay. Yeah, but, okay, I'll get one last one minute, too. Yeah. But you don't, every, every movie doesn't need to have high stakes and, and high values. Mm, high stakes. Yes, mm, high stakes and raise stakes. Oh. Uh, and Rita Pooh shows that in being the simplest form of a movie in here's the quest, here's the goal, and here's how friendship overcomes everything. Open door. And it's yeah. very simple in its, in its narrative. And just because it's simple doesn't, doesn't mean you should knock it. Disney simplifying Disney is very hard to do without getting overly complex. And Winnie the Pooh does that in such a fascinating way that this movie still resonates with with generations beyond when it first came out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All okay. right. That'll do it. So, as much as you guys kept saying it, they were very different, it's really funny, and I was hoping, really hoping, that Mike would bring up the fact that kind of the whole point of Winnie the Pooh is the friendship thing. I think he did. I did. And he did. Finally. In the second round. In the second yeah, go round. I missed it the my first time. Um, I missed it my first time. Because if you hadn't, I would have had to give it to, to Matt without even thinking about it. Um, it, it, you guys are doing better at this than you did the first time I did this with you. It's easier <laughs> when the movies are closer. Um, it's also easier when we just watched them. That's also <laughs> Yeah, you both did just watch them, as did I. Uh, and I have a distinct uh, emotional attachment to Winnie the Pooh. No biases. I have to say. No biases. Fox in the Hat wins this one. <laughs> no <laughs> amount of squinting is going to make her change her mind. Well, I want a reason why. <laughs> I just want a reason why. Because he has a point that Winnie the Pooh just very oversimplified children's tales in multiples. It's not even a whole movie of, of its own. They do a pretty good job of tying it together. Um, to be fair. But to, to be fair, this was a giant acting challenge for me because I am completely opposite. <laughs> yeah, he, he, yes. That really doesn't like Fox Any day of the week, I would take his movie over mine. Um, which is funny. But I win. You just yes, won. won. <laughs> um, That's why I wanted to choose that one. I was like, this will be a fun experiment. And, and like I said, emotionally. Also, also I wanted to give you one. I wanted to give him one after eliminating Tarzan and Hercules in the last round. Well, you gave me that. No, one? not really. <laughs> no, I wanted to win. But uh, also, here, this consolation prize. You get to keep your fox in the house. Uh, for, now, for now, it's going to get torn up in the music category, and you know it. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. When you're the best. <laughs> that, that song can hold a candle to everything. It's it, though. That's all it's got. There's two, two or Yeah. Three Do you remember anything about him? And we just watched him. Yeah. <laughs> We're... Actually, Winnie the Pooh has a pretty good. Yeah, Winnie the Pooh songs are great. Boozles, aren't they? 
Yeah, Winnie the Pooh songs are way better. I love Winnie the Pooh. I love Winnie the Pooh so much. We need to move on. We need to move on. That's next round. Yeah. All right. Next next bout, we have Aladdin, uh, as argued by Mr. Fox and the Hound over here. Uh, Matt. Mr. Two Mike's Hards in. Two Mike's Hards. (laughs) And I shall be arguing for the rescuers. And when was the last time that you've seen the rescuers? I'm curious. It's been at least five years. Jesus Christ. This is going to be great, guys. Yeah, I haven't haven't seen the rescuers in years. And guess what? You get to argue first. Yeah, you get to argue for the rescuers. It's going to be great. Okay. Let's start. Well, well, to be fair, I did look up some clips of rescuers. That's fair. Because I, I did my whole playlist, Disney playlist. Right, so you had to. So I had to. Okay. Um, those songs are so depressing. <laughs> they are. Pooty Penny's song. Oh, it's yeah. so no. depressing. Good. I could have put it in my playlist just because it's too depressing. Okay. Sorry. All right, okay, anyways. Um, so, The Rescuers is an interesting take in Disney lore. As your central characters aren't even humans, it's mice, but it's set in the human world. Wherein these two uh, mice, Bernard and Bianca, go in and try to rescue this orphan uh, Penny, who's been uh, captured by Medusa. Not that Medusa, but <laughs> rather her, I want to say step-aunt Medusa, in, in a sort of, in uh, yeah, I, I can't even tell you what, why, why this was captured. Because they're not even captured. It's just that she 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 basically lives a Cinderella life story, and needs to and needs to be rescued. And uh, this society of mice find her note and essentially do everything they can in their power to help break out uh, poor Penny, uh, being berated constantly by her her knockoff Cruella Deville step t- style of villain. I mean. This movie is definitely not not merely for kids. This is one of the more darker uh, tones that Disney has gone to, and I kind of actually applaud them for that. Uh, as they take a simple the simple task of a rescue job, aka the rescuers, <laughs> and make it more complex than it should be, and it and it somehow surprisingly works in that environment of of these two mice. Basically overcoming um, huge obstacles in these uh, two villainous uh, humans in order to do a good deed and and rescue poor Penny from uh, her from her aunt and and even though it may sound like not the type of movie for you, it's definitely one that you should probably check out at some point because it's an adventure movie uh, bar none. It is an adventure movie. More than more than anything else. Okay, um, so Aladdin is interesting in the Disney canon because it talks about so much in a pretty short ro- uh, running time. Itty bitty running time. <laughs> Anyways, um, I mean, you have a love story. You have a story about identity. You have a story about power, and you have a story about freedom, and you have a story about friendship, all in the same movie. So, of course, our beloved street rat Aladdin is just trying to survive on the streets of Agrabah. And he is swept away in a tale of regal intrigue as things are cooking in the the, uh, royal palace where the 
where Jafar wants to usurp the throne, and he's going to do anything he can to do it. So, of course, his first strategy is, let's get some guy to go into that cave of wonders for me and get the magic lamp, because as a genie, that's going to unlock all his heart's desires, or so he thinks. So, of course, the genie um, does, it, it ends up, of course, in our hands of our hero, Aladdin. And they bond very, very quickly. And Aladdin uses the power that he's given by the genie to be the person who he wants to be. And, of course, he's young. He's not really sure what that is. So he chooses to be the interest of his love, the Princess Jasmine. And he pretends to be someone who's not, who he's not, to, to be, win the princess's heart. Ultimately, it leads him down a path of adventure and danger till it's till it culminates in a climax where Jafar threatens not only his life, but also Jasmine's life, and the genie is trapped under Jafar's command. Ultimately, they succeed against all odds. The genie is trapped. Uh, the genie is freed, and Jafar is ironically enough trapped in the in the same lamp that once imprisoned the genie. It's a story about friendship. It's a romance with a princess that has a mind and power. It's a story where the the, the villain is powerful and threatening. Time. It goes some places. An argument. An argument. Oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I needed more time for that one. Um, you can get to half of it. Uh, so, whereas on the opposite end of the spectrum, we do have The Rescuers. So, as you mentioned, it is an adventure story. And it is an adventure story in kind of a boilerplate way. Yes, your heroes are animals, but I thought this was a Disney film. Where's the magic? Where's the fantasy? It was this era of Disney, kind of towards the end of the 70s, into the 80s, they lost something. They lost that spark of imagination. I think The Rescuers is emblematic of that kind of downward slope. You have a movie that's very much, this is an action film, this is an adventure film, and maybe for kids. But it's really, you could you can boil it down to the elements that you did. Kid needs rescuing from the ant. Animals go on an adventure to rescue her. There's not really a whole lot of special things happening there. It's a, a very by-the-numbers kind of adventure movie. Which is interesting only because it's animated. If the movie wasn't animated and didn't have animals, I don't know if anybody would care about The Rescuers. I think that it's, like I said, emblematic of kind of Disney losing the plot. I think the people doing the narrative, like doing story development at that time in the studio, didn't really know what they wanted to adapt. I mean, to go back to the, the, to the Fox and the Hound, I think is also a problem here uh, in that department. It's like, well, animals, I don't know, kids will see it. It's like, that's not enough. A Disney, animals, a Disney film does not make, <laughs> turns out. And I think that's, that, that's uh, Rescuers is a great example of that, is that there's just not enough imag- imaginative t- stuff to keep the kids interested. And so what you end up is kind of something just, just kind of middling. And it's not as special as the stuff the studio would do later and had done previously. And so I think narratively it's just it's more of the boring kind of, as you mentioned, kind of on the darker side of the Disney narratives. Time. Well, it is darker because this is uh, quite essentially the darker version of Aladdin, wherein they actually do uh, kidnap Penny as an orphan for her to retrieve a diamond, uh, as I remember now 
um, uh, because she is so small and meek and sets out for the rescue society. Whereas Aladdin, nobody's there to help Aladdin. There is no real bond of friendship outside of um, Aladdin, and if you want to say the genie, but even then, Aladdin cons the genie in their first meeting and trying to get out of the cave by saving a wish. Aladdin cons his way throughout in the first in his first opening number of 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 eating bread or a baguette in the middle of Arab Agrabah for some reason <laughs> uh, that there's a baguette there. Um, <laughs> Aladdin cons his way into the palace by pretending to be a prince. Aladdin is a con man. You're rooting for a bad guy in this movie. And it sends the wrong message that you can con your way into the lifestyle that you've always wanted. He he purposely mesmerizes Jasmine by taking her on this magic carpet ride and basically wooing her into his clutches in order to gain access to the palace. For ravaging. For yes. For for ragaing. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you even have, even Jafar mesmerizes the Sultan with his staff. There's a lot of con artists conning <laughs> each other in Aladdin, and it's a very, very darker movie than you want your kids watching, whereas The Rescuers is about mice. <laughs> about mice. Fine. <laughs> All right, um, so... You know how, like, you know, Aladdin's kind of a scamp at the beginning, but he redeems himself in the end? That's called a character arc, Mike, and that's on purpose. Yes, he has his issues. He's young. He's poor. He's doing what he needs to do to get by in his society. And the genie helps him out with that. And did you say this doesn't have a th- the threat of friendship, that Aladdin has no friends? There's literally a song in this film that talks about how genie wants to be his friend. And they become friends, and they become tight. So tight to the fact that, yes, even though that had a rocky start, at the end, Aladdin rescues the genie from imprisonment. Says, you're free. You can do whatever you want. And you apparently he decides to hang too. out for two, se- two sequels and a TV show, even though he's free. But anyways, um, yeah, that's how good friends they are. Well, clearly you don't remember the, the number two movie because he had to come back till the end. Whatever. Anyways, we're not talking about those. We're talking about Aladdin, which, of course, is a classic. And yes, the darker moments, there are darker moments in there. You're not wrong. But I think they work because of the balance. Again, that's one of the key things I keep coming back around in these, in these debates, because I think the best Disney movies are the ones that do a great balance of action, of comedy, of magic, of romance, of the darker kind of stuff. I think you can have a melange of all of these things. And I think Aladdin is arguably one of the better examples of that. You bounce from theme to theme very easily. And the, and the way that the story is told doesn't seem jarring when you're laughing at the genie's one-liner or imitation one, one moment and you're scared from Jafar turning into a snake at the end. There's not, it, it, it makes sense. There's, there, there's, there's a through line through it. And I think that it does a better job of making entertainment for kids and adults than The Rescuers does, hands down. I think that it's a family entertainment movie like few others, uh, especially of its time. Time. (laughs) The Rescuers is all about 
family. They, the rescuers go and rescue this orphan to give her a better life with a family. Uh, Bernard and Bianca learn to learn to trust one another and eventually be uh, sequel here have a family. They they learn there's a lot of trust going on. There's a lot of friendship going on, just like in your movie, that people either somehow either don't want to see or completely overlook because. It is in this uh, weird late seventies canon of of movies, um, but this but, but uh, Rescuers has exactly the same thing that you have in in treasure in diamonds in villainous uh, greed in in manipulation in in hope in friendship, and I'd say that the Rescuers is the pre precursor. To Aladdin, in a lot of ways, because it establishes a lot of tropes that they would later go on to use in Aladdin, even if it is in a, in a the rescue words, it is a rough outline. It was still done first, and I say by establishing that that it does set a lot of precedent for a lot of movies that you said would that were done that were darker, like Pinocchio, where it was dark, had magic. And it was still an adventure story that they would also later do in um, in other movies uh, in the Disney canon. Uh, the Rescuers, I think, in a lot of ways, helps, helped set the trend to move Disney into that new canon, into that new era of, of storytelling to where you can have these, these larger adventure stories but still yet maintain... The, the simpleness that is Disney in in a friendship. Time. And adventure. I think just three more words. I want to fit in three more words. I think I'm just going to fit in three more words. I'm just going to stretch as long as I can. Yeah. <laughs> Line is strange. I think that, also, I think ultimately, again, I think you're, you're maybe exaggerating a bit about the story of the, uh, of the rescuers here. Um, I think saying that it's a template for, for something. We already did our closing. Did. Yeah. Our closing. yeah, this is final statements. Okay. I think I think that to say that it's a template for what what came after is a little generous. I think that that was very much a trial and error era era that they were going through, and I think they found a straight action tale doesn't work, and I think that's why they course adjusted later with things like Aladdin. Like I was saying, I think Aladdin is a better balance of things. You get action with Aladdin, but you also get comedy with, of course, Robin Williams. And you get romance with the story of Aladdin and Jasmine. And I think that the balance of these all, all these things works in a way that, that fits it. And I think that The Rescuers is more one-note, more predictable kind of entertainment. Um, yeah. Would you like your one minute, Mike? Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, just because it's more predictable doesn't mean it's bad. Rescuers is still a good movie. It may not be the best in the movie canon, but it doesn't need to be the best. It does well, well enough as what it tries to establish and what it tries to accomplish. It tries to accomplish a family, a more adult family tone in Bernard and Bianca, in a more adult setting where you're dealing with 
orphans and you're dealing with uh, treasure and Louisiana Bayou. And it's more... It is more uh, than probably most of the movies up to this point in terms of going in terms of going places. But that's also a good thing because it shows where restraint can be held. It shows what works for Disney and it ultimately it shows where Disney can go to, to make better movies. And that's not to say that Rescuers is a bad movie. It's just to say that it's an important movie in establishing where Disney went from this point forward. Sign. Okay. Aladdin. You have to say why. You have to say why, though. <laughs> you kind of shot yourself in the foot. Well, clearly, I don't have any feet left. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I barely have anything to stand on in the first place. Your, um, kind of your way of selling this turned from talking about the story <laughs> to talking about how this affected the canon. Uh, a legacy, yeah. Um, which made it seem like this was just, like, what is the wording? It was the first run. You literally made Aladdin the second run and the final product, mm-hmm. and you're so, you compared yourself that way. I, I, I realized <laughs> you I did yourself that. up. I yeah. Yeah. Up. Like, and you, so. You did it first, so it's better. Yeah, you but did it you, first, so it's better. I tried, tried to do it that way. <laughs> To, uh, we'll come like, back around that with Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> really try to commit to that yeah. that argument. That, um, that, that because it's first, it establishes a lot more. But n- n- no, that's <laughs> but no. <laughs> but no, but that no. Didn't, oh, didn't, yeah. didn't help you. It it just kind of kept it at, at where where my brain <laughs> stuck. Once you did that, um, <laughs> when you, you yeah. So that's that's that. Okay. All right. What do we got next? I roll. All right. Up next we have um, the Little Mermaid. Okay. As argued by Matt. Uh, up against the Aristo Cats. Okay. Everybody wants to be a cat. We're not doing the music round yet. No, we're not. <laughs> I can still sing. This would be stiff competition in the music round. Oh, yeah. Because the cat's the only cat. I gotta get this into the music round, though. Who knows well, we'll see, won't where we? it's at. I think, actually, I would be sad if either of these lose uh, for the music round. But we'll see. Well, they gotta get to the music round. They gotta get there first. I'm right. kind of sad they're going up against each other. I like both Yeah, that's... You gotta make cuts somewhere. Yeah. We had to make choices. Yeah. All right. Well, what was our choice for putting it at seven, though? I think you wanted to put it at seven. I wanted to put it lower than something else. I forget what it was. Than the rescuers and yeah. Of my hand. I think I was just feel just my gut said that it needed to be lower. And then I gave it to you because I said it would be the better matchup. Yeah. Turns out it looks like I'm right. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. All right. All right. So go uh, for it. Uh, so I get to open this thing off by first by saying that yes, everybody does want to be a cat. Got some extra time. Because a cat <laughs> is the only cat. Who knows where it's at? And that is the Aristocats. This, of the Aristocats, does a great job, not only in its animation, but also in its music stylings of combining classical music in the beginning with that of New Age jazz music with its cats. And this is essentially an adventure movie, uh, much like uh, The Rescuers. 
It's an, it's an adventure back home. It's an adventure in the, these kittens, the three kittens and Duchess, uh, meeting uh, Tom O'Malley, O'Malley the alley cat, <laughs> and in a sense, just like in Lady and the Tramp, learning to trust what's on the what's on the inside character of a person rather than what's on the outside, and having an adventure as they travel from the countryside back home to Paris uh, to to get. To back to their owner, and this is, and they go through some stuff. They go through um, dealing being chased by their uh, by Edgar, their former butler turned evil bad guy henchman, by running into other alley cats who are basically just swinging cats and cats who like to swing and play music and have a good time. Um, to to relying on uh their um. Mouse of a roommate, or housemate, in helping them uh, achieve the goal of returning home. That this has a lot of of great adventure qualities in in it. That it's a great step in the right direction for, in terms of Disney adventure movies, and it does so with great musical stylings because you don't want to go there. Time. Yeah. <laughs> But Getting ahead of yourself. Get, yeah, the music's so important. In I that know movie. In, it's important to all of these movies. Trust me, I've had that same struggle. Yeah. Okay, so whereas you mentioned that your movie is a tale about coming back home, The Little Mermaid instead is a tale about finding a new home. More likely, finding a home outside of what you know and what you're over, essentially. So of course, young Ariel is the youngest of King Triton's daughters. A princess of the sea, you could say, of the mermaid kingdom. And she's just done. She's just bored. She's so fascinated by what's up there on the surface, the human world, that she wants to get out and see what, what's out there for her. She wants to explore. She wants to rebel. She's not like her sisters who will show up on time for their performance. She will go explore ruins of a human ship. She'll go to the surface and check out, see what she can see. She'll talk to the seagull about stuff that she's gathered from the surface place. And she's just fascinated by this other world. And she gets to experience it, of course, to varying degrees of intelligence. She makes some poor choices by signing her soul away, or more likely her voice away, to, of course, the sea witch Ursula and and earns her, her land legs, you could say, and gets to hang out with the dreamy Prince Eric for a while, and they bond, and she sees things she's never seen before. Ultimately, of course, Sea Witch gets 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 into a human body and tries to ruin her ability to get back and get, get uh, to be a human permanently with her voice intact. In a thrilling conclusion, um, but overall, it's a story about a girl trying to find her identity, and this was at the time in 1989 kind of a new approach for them it was a female lead it was a story about this young girl something that someone who is adventurous someone who's intelligent maybe made a bad call uh but she ends up redeeming herself and th- and ends up having a happy ending with the rest of with, with the rest of her friends time arguments so, as compared to Earth Cats, which I think follows in, uh, well, I guess doesn't follow in line because it was before the rescuers, but it's very much that kind of inkling that maybe the Disney story people aren't exactly sure what they want to make. 
So the story, the, this character of, of O'Malley, let's be real. It's Baloo again. It's even the same voice actor. Come on. The mannerisms, the attitude, the voice. It's that character again in a different setting. Yes, the vibe of the jazz stuff is really cool. I'll give it that. But vibe is not the story of your, of your film. And I think that the return home kind of thing, that, that the, the family story here is not that interesting. And the romance story is not that interesting. They did animal romance better, and it was in Lady and the Tramp. That movie was already a thing. And I think that, that this just tre treads the same ground again in a lot of the, the romance part. And then, of course, you have the, the, the more comic relief kind of villain stuff with the bumbling butler. It's like, it's all right. It's okay. But it's not that funny. And it's, they've done comedy better. And they will do comedy better. And the stakes aren't that high. And I think in comparison to movies of that era, especially later in that era, I think even Rescuers does better. It does the action part better. It does the adventure part better. I think the Aristocats is them finding like what they wanted to make post Walt's death. And I think that it's not 100%. And early story, story, story is one thing, but having to commit to an entire 80 to 90 minutes of story for that thing, I think, was a challenge for them. And they had to kind of stretch. So I think that ultimately the more concise story is being told by the Little Mermaid, the more innovative story, the more adventurous story. And I think that it's a better balance than, than the Aristocats is. Time. Right. First off, there's nothing wrong with recasting Baloo as, as O'Malley. <laughs> if it works, why why change it? Okay, why change what works? All right. Second, um, this does have family. It does show a uh, Duchess falling in love with O'Malley and O'Malley coming f from uh, was essentially yes the story of Lady of the Tramp, but <laughs> told better because there's a reason we didn't include Lady of the Tramp in the in this list. That's all right. Fair. Well, because well, Be yes. Because it, because that's all I had going for it. This uh, the story of Larissa Katz has more going for it. More in that it is also a romance. More that it is an adventure back home. More in that it does include both classical and jazz music. More in that it does include um, a story of adventure and going out and seeing the world. Whereas... Little, the Little Mermaid only sees the world through lies. She's lied. She's lied. She's lied. Little sort of Ariel is lied to. She's misled and she doesn't know anything because she's a dumb 13, 14 year old girl who thinks she knows everything. 16. Is she 16? She says that in the movie. That's a lie in the movie. She says 16, she is 16 years old. Dumb 16 year old girl who thinks she knows everything because she falls in love <laughs> With the beautiful face of Eric. Which is a 16-year-old Which is a 16-year-old girl. And yet, what father in his right mind would let his 16-year-old daughter get married? Huh? Let's be real here. To someone they literally just met and maybe all of two words said to each other? Let's be real here. Alright? <laughs> this story is runs on false pretense. Ariel is is false pretense by by her collection and being told of what everything is. She it's even implemented that she that all she knows is lies by going to dinner and twisting the fork in her hair. 
She's told in lies from the seagull. She's told lies from the sea witch. She's told lies from her, even her own father, of saying how dangerous humans are. She's been told nothing but lies her entire life. That when she eventually finds the truth, she is essentially mute. Ten. Both, time. both literally and figuratively. Ten times. Ten times. Uh, okay, so first of all, yes, um, Ariel is 16 in this movie, which explains some of her um, actions. She is a teenage girl in a lot of ways, or a teenager, to be more general here. Teenagers make dumb choices due to very little evidence. And in this case, the little evidence she had was, well, things on land must be awesome because I get all this cool stuff that I understand, and that guy's real cute. But that's the thing is that you're you're going to, to sum up that there's a problem with a Disney story because they just met is to eliminate the narratives of most Disney romances. Because <laughs> I'm just saying, I can it's do a that. reminder about what we're talking about here. Yes, it's a different kind of story, and I think that this does this actually surprisingly well. Um, it does it in a way where it's convincing enough that she is so compelled by the opportunity she has on land. That not necessarily even involving Prince Eric. I mean, there's that whole section where he's showing her around. She's genuinely fascinated with most of the things she's seeing. She's interested in how the carriage is working. She's interested in the people around her. She's interested in the world as a whole, not just Prince Eric. She may be a teenager, but it's not just love that is catapulting her into this world and why she's interested in it. She says that in the song itself, she wants to know more about the place on the land. She wants to know more, and it's her curiosity that brings her strength in mind. It's not, I think that her being a, cur a, cur a natural, naturally curious girl, and it makes her an intelligent girl, and makes her more intelligent than her sisters, who are more than happy just to chill. And her dad is forgiving. Her dad, I think that also, speaking of character arcs, that's a great character arc. Of course, her dad is gonna, is pissed initially because he's a dad. He doesn't want to see her his daughter make bad choice. But when ultimately everything comes around and she and he realizes her genuine interest in what she's doing and the reasons why she's there, he forgives her and grants her her one wish, which is a magic moment and is the ending of that movie. A father finally understanding her his daughter and his a daughter finally understanding. Where his or where her father was coming from and everything goes full circle and it's a beautiful way to cap that narrative off time it would be great if that narrative just ended there but as you know life goes on and it doesn't end there she does grow up she does have a daughter and we're not talking about that movie right now but we are but ariel has a lot of faults and shortcomings in her own she is very rash and very uh, quick to make judgments and deals in dealing with the sorcerer sea witch Ursula, which for some reason you don't want to say her name. Um, she does make very <laughs> rash judgments in, in, in because she is very much like her father, who does also make very rash and rash judgments. Um, it w like when he sees all, when he sees the statue, he immediately blows it up. When he sees her with with Eric. He immediately dismisses it because that's what a father should do. He should protect his daughter, not let her run off at 16 years old getting married to live in a faraway land where he himself cannot travel to. All right. And if you want to even get into learning about uh, Ariel, learning about new worlds, 
the Aristocats learn about new worlds. They learn about everything outside of their their preemptive plush lifestyle of fancy living with with cats painting art and dancing on pianos. They go out into the rural life side and they learn about about the world outside. They learn about jazz. They learn about other types of cats in the world, about the Russian cat, about the Chinese cat, okay? They learn about other uh, learn about society by going on this adventure and guess what? They actually become better people because of it, unlike Ariel, who is still the same ab- same obnoxious young girl who doesn't learn anything but yet gets everything that she wants in the end. All right? Ariel is a bad example of a Disney princess because she is she doesn't learn, she doesn't grow, and, but somehow she everything works out for her in the end. Fine. <laughs> Want a one-minute rebuttal? Nah. I thought we were. I thought this was the closing statements. That yeah, yeah, one oh, that was closing. Yeah, yeah, okay. one minute to clear yeah. anything up. Um, so, so I think one. You, you, for a while there, I was worried you were never going to come back around to defending your movie. Uh, <laughs> just taking a big crap on mine, but that's okay. Uh, you use your time, however you use your time. Your, um, your film deserves a big crap of things on it. I know. The other thing is, is that yes, to to wrap what you were saying into kind of what I was saying is that I think that there, yes, you put, get, bring up a good point. They are kind of both about stories about people learning worlds that they're unfamiliar with, but I think that uh, the comparison is a little unfair. Uh, because the, the, the way they go about it is completely different. Although, the way you described the Aristocats makes it sound more like an educational film. They learn about the Chinese cat. They learn about the Russian cat. Did you know that the Russian cat has this on their fur? It's like, no, that's not that, what that movie is. A Little Mermaid, I think, is a better example of let's really have a person who wants to know something and, and achieves that goal I think, yeah, the dad, of course, acts like a dad through most of that movie. But also, part of being a dad is compassion. Yeah, you can be compassionate, but you can also be stern and and you can explain, use your words, explain to your daughter (laughs) why going to the land is such a bad reason. Instead of saying, because I said so, which is essentially his only argument is that I am king, you're my daughter, that's the way things are. He can be a better father, and yet Disney neglected to do that. Disney also neglected to, in the Little, Little Mermaid, to show, um, to show what happens when you're, when you're confronted with truth versus your own reality. Um, not only in um, in Eric see, uh, realizing that it was Ariel who had the voice instead of uh, Rebecca, I believe was what Vanessa. Vanessa. Uh, that Ursula personates as. That was close enough. <laughs> but there's just very little comeuppance that everyone gets to, except for Ursula being killed to at the end. Comeuppance? Yeah, comeuppance. Fine. Okay. All right. <laughs> what do we got? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, now that the arguments are over, uh, just just to, to clear this up, I also could do uh, two minutes on the negatives of Little, uh, Little, Little Mermaid. Mermaid. There are some problems, but it's neither here nor there. Um, <laughs> now, I'm trying to get through most of them. The fact that the fact that a majority of that that back and forth was 
completely about the Little Mermaid, <laughs> even though it should have been fifty-fifty. Like we almost ignored Aristocats, <laughs> almost. Because there's a lot of problems we with the Little Mermaid. Ignore Aristocats completely, but it was very close. Ooh, uh, to such an extent where I think I ended up giving you each an extra half a minute because you were going so fast. I missed the two minute mark, so I gave him an extra two minute, like half a minute too. Um, to be fair, I it's can, his job to defend his movie. Yeah. It is not my job to defend his movie. It's also your job to try to tear down my movie, which you couldn't. But my number one job is to defend my movie. Did you really? I think I did. I don't think you did. Well, I don't know. Alright, let's see what the judge says. So. The fact that's really the most any anybody can say about Aristocats <laughs> is it's cats being dropped off and getting back home. Uh, but there's not a lot of negatives in that film you either. You can't argue anymore. I'm not arguing. You're done. <laughs> I'm arguing. <laughs> this is me talking. Okay, good. You're, you're, you're taking a while. <laughs> you even got an extra half minute. So, shut the fuck up. Excuse my French. Yeah. Um, Explicit warning, everybody. Yeah, it's tag, it's okay. Tags. Uh, so, uh, the the fact that that's really like the most that you got there is is <laughs> kind of concerning. Um, you did make a good point though with the fact that they really don't show too much of a character arc for the Little Mermaid herself. Like her dad has more of a character arc than she does. Um. Which is is a huge, uh, that's a huge failing, kinda. I love the Little Mermaid, and that sucks. <laughs> like, no, not now. It's that, no. It's that nineties. It's, it's that nineties era. We want to make a strong female character, but we don't know how to do it yet. Where it's uh, the problem yeah. where they start with somebody who is arguably pretty perfect, and they don't end with somebody who's any better. Um, <laughs> Which I said that art. there is no comeuppance for her. Yeah, you're you're right about that. And like I said, if I had it, you know, if, if I, you had your own two minutes, if I was on the other side of this argument, I would have brought up. I think that would have been my entire argument. I think is and what I thought we were gonna do and we didn't do was bring up the, the failings in her character. But anyway. well, I tried to, but there's also failings in other characters too. Yeah. It's more than just her. Yeah. But we're done with that. But we're done. So this is based on just what we yes. Talked about earlier. <laughs> yeah. Um. Based on the fact that really, between the two, the Aristocats just simply has an excessively simple storyline. I'm gonna have to go with Little Mermaid. Simple doesn't mean bad. Simple. She's not saying that it doesn't. Just saying. I didn't. I didn't say that it didn't. But you. Well, you also said it didn't win. You didn't give me any reason why the fact that it was simple didn't matter. Like, you didn't give me any, any points beyond that simplicity that were like, oh, well, because of the simple arc, you also got these things that they got to do throughout well, the storyline. Well, because I didn't need to defend it because he never brought it up. Well, I, I, I brought up the, some of it, but yeah, I'm not as familiar with the movie as you are. I've probably only seen it once in my life. Okay. So that's why I couldn't really tear it down a lot. Right, and I, <laughs> that's why I'm not defending against anything that... <laughs> That's not there to defend against. Yeah, but if I remember if, liking it, 
I remember liking the uh, music. Yeah, I like And I both. remember liking the atmosphere of it. Like, that's why I specifically mm-hmm. mentioned the vibe of it. Because I, I like that. And I think that's a, that's a big plus. But, anyways. But that We need just, to move on. Yeah. We're dwelling. It's okay. Yeah, we're dwelling. <laughs> well, if I, if I was going to win one, that was going to be it. <laughs> well, what do we got for the last one? All right, in the last one, we have uh, Beauty and the Beast. Matt's basic wheelhouse here. Okay. He just did a little dance in his seat for reference. Yep. It'll, Nobody can see it, but uh, they This did. will win the bracket. Versus <laughs> Robin Hood. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. Um, we'll see. I'm, I'm leaving optimism here. I'm hoping you choke, you choke like Villanova. <laughs> I'm hoping you choke like Villanova right we'll now. We will see. Okay. Go for it. All right. Uh, Robin Hood. Robin Hood. Mm-hmm. And little John going through the forest. Ooh, la 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 What a day. <laughs> what a day it is. As this... Uh, You're so close. <laughs> I know. It doesn't encompass It's almost day. a good segue. Keep going. It, it doesn't encompass a day. <laughs> As the opening of this film uh, shows Robin Hood, the fox, and little John, the bear. What? Yes. A bear. Fox and a bear being friends. Uh, <laughs> not a fox and a hound. Um, uh, basically, to tell the story of uh, the classic tale of Robin Hood uh, and the Sheriff of Nottingham and uh, essentially uh, Richard the Lionheart as uh, played by an actual lion. Uh, Robin Hood is such a great character in robbing from the rich and, and giving to the poor. Um, that even though he, he does do a lot of trickery and tomfoolery against not only the, the king and his guardsmen, um, he does the good-hearted deeds in in giving back to the community, giving back to Firetech, giving back to the family of rabbits, um, and, based, and showing that there is good in the world despite 